Hey, yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Lex James. And this is your boy, Mikey Bravo, and you're listening to The Wrestling High. And on this show, we'll keep you up to date on all things WWE and AEW, whether it's good, bad, or just completely shit. We're also going to be hitting you with all the rumors and hot topics all throughout the world of pro wrestling. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Do it. Welcome to the Wrestling High. This is Madcap Mikey Bravo. I'm sitting next to Lost World Lex James. We got a pretty good Hell in the Cell to review, and the main event. We'll give that its own little section, but what can you say? Man, what already hasn't been said by now, man. If you if you listen, maybe more than a few episodes back when Cody was jumping through tables and shit on fire, tables. I said he was on my list of least favorite wrestlers and. It's a whole fucking 180 for How that. things have changed in the last six months. He, he, man, we'll get to it, but shit. Yeah, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, for that matter. Seth Rollins is always, like, to me, he's the best wrestler in the world. I've been singing his praise for a long time. It's getting hard to argue that. I'm, you're, you're, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong at all. He's just putting on banger after banger after banger. Whether it's Raw, Backlash, WrestleMania, a Big Four, a B pay-per-view... I, I want to see what he's doing at house shows. It's crazy. He hasn't even won any of the fucking matches. Yeah, and he's looking this good in losses. Doesn't even matter. He's one of them guys that, like like Sean was, you could lose and still look good. People Like he, Jericho he was, once he was. He was the heel last night, and people were cheering him when he came out. They were singing his song. You it know? was Chicago, and they're known for they're, that. They're very, a very lively crowd. But they didn't shit on Cody either. Nah, I mean, shit, if anything, he won them over even more. Why, why would you shit on Cody? Right, right. Um... But yeah, man, Hell in a Cell. Can you tell we want to talk about the main event? Yeah, but we'll get there because there were five or six other matches Which, that happened first. But again, this was another B pay-per-view that I... So when solid. you go in not expecting shit to be fire, like WrestleMania, we go in expecting it to be a huge show. So when we get disappointed, that's, it's like, ah, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, but that's WrestleMania. It's hard not when to When you watch these B pay-per-views and you don't expect much out of it, but they give you a lot to be like, wow, it's like, oh, okay, like... I had a feeling this was going to be a better B pay-per-view because they don't fuck around with Chicago. Yeah, there were a few matches that I didn't think I was going to get as much interest in as I got. Yeah. And we'll get to them, but... Yeah, we start out the night with the triple threat Raw Women's title match, Becky, Bianca, and Asuka. And yeah, this started out with a bang because honestly, up until the main event, this was match of the night. By the way, if you don't know by now, this is a high-low episode. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This match, wow. They... I don't know if for some reason, every time, every week Becky comes out, <clears throat> she looks better to me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm more and more attracted to her, and it's like, shit, <clears throat> her and Seth Rollins are fucking both on top of their divisions right now. Yeah, they really are. And what's <clears throat> crazy is that they, uh, lately, they've been both eating L's, but again, it doesn't Looking matter. Looking good in losses. Doesn't matter. This match in Becky particular. Becky good no matter what she does. Yeah, no shit. Uh, this match in particular, though, man, uh, great action for a triple threat. Like Mike and I said in the last episode, um, we didn't really care for how this match was built. How they got here was kind of ridiculous yeah. because Becky and Asuka basically pinned each other in two straight weeks. These are the girls that are contending for a Raw Women's title, and they're both getting pinned trading wins. But that's typical WWE 50-50 booking for you. 
Um, but the, the match made up for the whack build. Right, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it, sometimes with some of these matches, especially with WWE, you kind of have to ignore how we got there because the match itself, I was expecting this match to be pretty damn good with the three women yeah. in the ring. Yo, so, and I'm they didn't disappoint. It, I'm going to say it on, on the show. My favorite woman's wrestler right now is Bianca Belair. Yeah, mine she, too. Like, it was Charlotte, but Charlotte's gone now. And Bianca Belair is just, like, some of the shit... Like, she had, who was it, Becky or Asuka that she held up? And she and was, held her I can't in a suplex position and started doing her skip like she skips to the ring. I've never seen that from women. And then, she is strong as fuck, man. If you go back, what she did to Sasha walking up the steps with her. At Mania. It's like, yo, that, to me, that gets my attention. Bianca's a star. And she's just yeah. getting better with every match. She's, she is money. She's people say WWE doesn't make stars. Bullshit. Yeah, Bianca Look is at her. proving that wrong. She Mark Henry found her. Really? Yeah, she used to do like CrossFit and stuff. That makes so sense. Mark Henry used to go and find people, but dude, she is taking to the ring and to wrestling kinda like Kurt Angle did. And you know what? Like I'm glad WWE is recognizing how great Bianca is. Yeah, um, you can't miss on that. No, you can't. You can't. And they've been, they've booked her like we all were pretty pissed off last year at SummerSlam when Becky came and practically squashed her, but they've more than made up for it. Yeah, and, and I feel like Becky and Bianca aren't done with each other yet, based on how this match ended. I mean, they have great matches. I think all right, so before we get into the finish, the one um the one spot in particular I was really uh I was really digging is the one striking exchange between Asuka and Becky Lynch where Asuka hit Becky with a couple stiff backhands and kicks. Asuka pulled out some of that Japanese strong style. Yeah, and then we and then she hit her with a couple nasty German suplexes. Like this was really good action. And you know what? If there's any girl on the roster that's gonna take that, it's Becky. Hell yeah. Her whole run started because Nia Jax with a botches busted Becky open and that was it. Broke her fucking face. So she's a she's a tough little Irish girl, bro. Like damn right. Damn right. And uh, the finish of this, um, Becky basically hits Asuka with her uh, manhandle slam or the rock bottom. And Becky goes for the pin, and Bianca actually throws Becky out of the ring and picks up the I victory like the pinning she Bianca. She pinned Asuka. Yeah. It was like, nah, this belt's mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Becky's selling the shock on the outside where she kind of just got screwed. And to me, you know, Bianca wins like I figured she would. Yeah, we've called that. Um, I think this is somehow leading towards a uh, eventual face turn for Becky. Um, as great as she's doing as a heel, and she she's the knocking out of the wants park. to cheer for her. Though. Yeah, Becky's too fucking good. Like, like, she's cutting great heel promos, but I think if she turned face and started cutting more, like, who's, like, like the one that she cut on Raw a couple months ago mm -hmm. uh, with Lita, where she was saying how, like, I used to look up to Lita and all of this. If she cuts real promos like that, she's as a face, she's going to soar to the way... I mean, it's, it's kind of how she got big in the first place because when this whole man shit started, she was supposed to be a heel going up against Charlotte, who was supposed to, to be me, a face. To me, this big time Bex run is way better than the man run. To I me. agree. To me, I agree. But you know what? Like that's what I'm saying. Like the man that run started when she was technically a heel, but the yeah. crowd wasn't happy. Like even the whole Lady Gaga look she got going on, where she comes out with the weird glasses, her hair's cut in different lengths. It's just her, like. That is, you can pull that off. Yeah. This is way better than with the goggles like she used to have and all of that shit. Yeah. But I think, I don't think Becky and Bianca are done with each other. They could always go back. I would like to see. I, I think maybe Becky, I could see Becky Lynch winning Money in the Bank maybe. Try to get on a track to win her title back. I'm I don't not know. sure. Like I can see her go on somewhat of a losing streak, and she's kind. You know, this usually when she's a big star like this, streak. yeah, exactly. So I feel like usually 
when a losing streak is like kind of like amplified so and people are pointing trying to, out trying to build sympathy from the crowd right. so she can turn face yes like, yeah, that's what that i think sense. because again Be- becky is she's it's hard for me to admit this but she's a bigger star than charlotte charlotte yeah. her feuds and it's not necessarily her fault sometimes but i think her feuds sometimes get stale you can never question the in-ring work um but with becky no matter what she's doing lately it's you know the best thing going in the women's roster whether it's the feud, the matches, it doesn't matter. So I feel like this is leading towards Becky turning face eventually because she's just too damn big of a star. And I feel like, I think you can put, you can keep Becky and Bianca away from each other for now because I think Bianca needs a couple new opponents. I don't know if Asuka is going to be, you know, a singles opponent for her now that she just got pinned. Um, but the one I'm looking forward to, and we'll get to her in a little bit, I think Rhea Ripley needs to start getting some like major push right now because i think her being a top heel in the women's division going up against bianca would be fucking money yeah because that, that, that's be brand new we've seen a lot of the other matchups right. that bianca's had and bianca and Rhea have been teased like in the elimination chamber in the last couple of rumbles they were really fighting in the elimination yeah. chamber. i don't want to hear they weren't and i feel and i apparently i think they're pretty tight backstage so i feel like that match maybe at SummerSlam, somewhere down that's the line big, i think Rhea taking the title off of bianca is going to happen eventually, and her being built as a top and heel f- for uh, the women's division, being with Edge, and that could lead somewhere down the line to Becky and R- Rhea Ripley, which I think would be fucking fantastic. And Rhea Ripley is somebody who can match Becky strength-wise. Like she's, you mean Bianca? Oh Yeah, my bad, Bianca. Yeah. Because Bianca's strong, yeah. and Rhea Ripley's strong herself. That's, I'm looking forward to seeing Rhea against match, Bianca. Like, We'll get to it. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking forward to seeing Rhea versus Bianca and Rhea versus Becky. And I feel like you have to make uh, Rhea Ripley the top heel in the women's division and get Becky away from being a top heel to being a top face. Yeah, because we saw Rhea versus Charlotte and that ended up being great. Yeah. Like, people were booing it and then Charlotte gave him the finger and just, said, watch. the build kind of sucked again. Yeah. And and they kind of botched Rhea Ripley having the women's title to begin with. They they did a horrible job bringing her up. And they just made us not care at all. Yeah, now they're Rhea's a, a, a girl that can she can be a star. I think now they're on the right track, putting her with Edge, and she's on the right track to becoming what she's supposed to be. Yeah, who better you know? to learn from than Edge? Right. This but, high, this match gets a high. Oh, Triple Threat definitely gets a high. Like I said, second best match of the night. It was the best match until the main event happened, but we'll get into that a little later. Second match, we get Bobby Lashley versus Omas and MVP. And yeah, it's a handicap match. I, I think you saw that. I, I kind of dozed off a few times on the couch during this one. I mean, the, the match. I didn't... do know the crowd was into it, though, but it's Chicago. That's one thing that was nice about this, that Chicago was, like, firmly behind Lashley, and he was getting a reaction that I would, I would think that they want him to get backstage, you know? He's over. Bobby Lashley is over. He needs to start doing more prominent shit. Let Omas go with MVP and... You know, now let Omos and MVP disappear for like a week or two. Come back and let Omos... He should have had squash matches like Via has. I mean, he was. They just weren't nearly as good. They, they, the first, <laughs> he, he got a win over AJ Styles. For what reason? This, this guy has now beaten AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley, and I still don't care for him. Yeah, I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Which is... Right. It's not... I mean, yeah, it's cool to have a giant, but you got one guy beating superstar wrestlers and then doing nothing with him, and then you got another giant dancing. <laughs> like, it, it just, WWE doesn't know how to push their giants no more, I feel. I, maybe it's that, and also, I, I don't know, maybe this, it's this me, but just like, I don't need whatever. to see seven-foot wrestlers that can barely move and, barely, and are, that are limited. In and the shit is, the crazy shit is I saw an interview that Omas did about talking about, like, a condition he has, why he's so big. 
He's a very well-spoken giant guy. Really? Very, very well-spoken. If they let him talk on the mic and be him, he might interest me a little more. Yeah, I mean, his mic skills, you can tell they're clearly, like, it's not Because they, they tell him, go out there and just be a freak. Yell, scream. Let him talk, dude. Yeah. A seven foot three guy who can kick your ass, but can also talk to you like you, like you're nobody. That that's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with Omos going forward with MVP. But this match ends with Bobby Lashley. He um, what's well, actually Cedric Alexander, who earlier in the night, I think on the pre-show, was trying to get back on MVP's good side, and MVP just told him like, "Look, man, the hurt business is done. You need to leave us the hell alone. It's not gonna happen." So in this match, Cedric Alexander kind of interferes on behalf of Bobby Lashley. And Omas winds up eating a spear after this distraction, which leads to Bobby Lashley locking in the hurt lock on MVP, and MVP's getting thrown around like a fucking ragdoll. Nice and he to taps see MVP out. in the ring, though. Yeah, it's been a while. Because MVP is one of the greatest United States champions in WWE history, yeah. for sure. You know, he was one of the longest reigning. He had, him and Benoit had a... Three-match series. Yeah. Where he wound up finally beating him, and that was... Unfortunately, so, right before Benoit did People sleep on MVP, did. but MVP was... I, I think he just got injured a lot. That's why he never got that huge push. But yeah. he, on the mic, obviously, that's why they put him with Bobby. And it kind of sucks that they went this route with this because I thought they were going to have Omas join the Hurt Business and let them be a stable for a little while. They put him with Lashley first. Yeah, then, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Let him be like the heavy since Lashley would have is the world title guy. Right. You could have had Benjamin and this guy as Cedric. the... Yeah, as the tag team titles, and then just had Omas as the heavy. Yeah. And then later in a match, have MVP say, you know what, this is the new leader of the... But whatever, as long as it's over. That yeah, gets- I'm hoping this feud, I mean, Bobby Lashley got a pretty decisive win. He made MVP tap out, and then after the match, he's celebrating with the crowd, and he actually takes a fan's WWE replica championship title, and he's putting it in the air and saying, I'm coming for this. Like, this is mine to claim. So, I mean, honestly, I would love to see... And you see- know what? There being one world title makes it so much more interesting because now you got Cody gunning from one corner. You got Lashley gunning from the other. You have Seth. Brock Lesnar somewhere hibernating, waiting to get his fucking revenge on whoever gets the title. Yeah. Roman is just the biggest star you have in the company, so he's holding the title hostage. Like, yeah... When when I when I deem you worthy of this this shot, you got it. So now you got all these guys gunning for it, and then Rollins is over here. Kevin yeah. Owens is over there. Sami Zayn is warming his way into the bloodline. One world championship makes this shit and things like that. Grabbing a title and saying I'm coming for this so much better than yeah. having two shots at a. Belt. And I, I gotta say, a Lashley Roman Reigns WWE title match down the line would be awesome. yeah, because we we got Lashley and Reigns when Lashley first came back, but it was like they were and, they were and both Lashley baby faces. Actually, won that? Yeah, that was at Extreme Rules but 2018. Now that they've Lashley has two world titles under his belt, I like to think he's a think he's a little better now than he was when he first came back. For sure. And Roman is just Roman. We all know Roman. We don't have to say much about Roman. Because if you think Roman Reigns is whack at this point, don't watch wrestling. You're fucking whack. That match, that build, that would be dope. I just wish MVP was involved with Lashley when it happened. Because even even MVP cutting face promos against Paul Heyman, it's like that. Yeah, we didn't get Paul Heyman and MVP when Brock and Bobby were there. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't really have an exchange, which is what we were all waiting for. And now when Brock and Bobby resume their, you know, feud, which I'm still calling for SummerSlam, there's not going to be an MVP or a Paul Heyman. It's just going to be Brock and Bobby. I trust Brock with the promos, not so much Bobby. And and this is kind of a little segue, but we'll get back on track Mm -hmm. here. 
Bobby Lashley is in Money in the Bank, the ladder match. He's about to win. Brock comes back at five, costs him that. Bow. Ooh, okay. SummerSlam. Okay. I actually like that. Right? Brock hasn't been seen. You you want Money in the Bank to be a big pay-per-view. Right. They had to leave the stadium because I get where they're going with it, but you got to build to that. WrestleMania wasn't always in stadiums for the first year after it. Right. You know what I'm saying? They had to build to that. Show people, yo, Money in the Bank is something that... You, is something you don't want to miss is going to happen. Two, three years from now, then you'll fill a stadium. Mm -hmm. This year, have Bobby get close to winning that money in the bank. No lights out, nothing. Just Brock comes, tips the ladder over. Hit his music. Yeah, F5, bow. Sets up SummerSlam. Because right then and there, Brock would be a heel where he's most comfortable. Cowboy Brock as a heel would be dangerous. Bobby's a face, which clearly he's more comfortable. Um, and the crowd just, wants it anyway. Right. So to me, it's like, give us Brock and Bobby, but with the roles how they're supposed to be, in my opinion. You know? Um, and, and give us the match that yeah, we should have Because now, that would be day one, Elimination Chamber. Royal Rumble. Well, no, day one. Oh, yeah, they did fight at day one yeah, in the five and minutes. Five Royal win. Rumble and Elimination Chamber. Ro- well, Royal Rumble, Bobby won. I'm saying right, right, right. to times that Brock has cost Bobby the championship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it right, would be you're right. day one when he entered that match when he wasn't supposed to be. You're right. Elimination Chamber because Bobby was injured. He never, never had even, his chance to even defend it. Nope. And now he stops him from winning his guaranteed shot. That's how you set them up. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's actually perfect. It's actually perfect. And then you know what? Who better to capitalize on that than fucking Sami Zayn's sneaky little ass? Or Kevin Crow- One of them crawls in the ring, looks around, sets the ladder up, and grabs it. The crowd's going to pop so I have no idea who's winning money in the bank. And this is going to... Not to stay on this topic for too long, because we got a lot what of shit to talk about. What if Sammy and KO get up there and start fighting for the briefcase on top of the ladder? Because here's the thing. Like, with your idea with KO and Sammy going up against the Usos, I, I, I honest to God, need to happen. Yeah, it does. So I don't know who I want winning money in the bank. But not to stay on that for so long. Yeah, we get a little sidetracked. I, uh, as far as Lashley I'll versus... Give the, I'll give that a uh, mid. That's my first mid. It I don't want to give it a low because the crowd did react, and that's a big thing. Even though it's Chicago still, you getting you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Didn't for Bobby Lashley's sake... Bobby Lashley. Lashley. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's sake... I'm gonna give it a mid because I'm I'm a, I'm a Lashley guy, bro. I think Lashley is gonna be a main event player for the next couple of years, as he should be. I'm looking forward to that whole Brock Lesnar situation we just yeah, yeah. laid out because, again, I told you this when it first happened. This is Still this is Hogan Warrior vibes for our generation because Still we've been waiting for it. Right. So next match, and I I'll I'm gonna give it a low because I hate Bob. I, not because I hate Lashley because I really like Lashley, but. I feel like, again, this handicap match could have been done somewhere else. And this feud kind of wasted time for Bobby a little bit, I feel. Yeah, I just, again, hopefully it's over after this and Bobby can move on. And uh, we'll see where MVP and Omos go. But the third match of the night. Here's a match that, remember I told you, there was a few matches on here that grabbed my attention more than I thought they would. And this was one of them. Yeah. and Ezekiel. This was a hell of a match. Really good action. Um, This is probably my favorite Ezekiel slash Elias match. I mean, no surprise it comes with Kevin It's crazy because I, I had picked Ezekiel to win this. I thought he was in... I thought know, for a second he was about all the to. the damn interviews they're doing backstage and shit. Oh, but. first off, the fucking... The interview that we saw backstage uh, on the pre-show with Ezekiel and Byron Saxton. What was the one line that Ezekiel said that had us cracking up? Oh, uh, Elias walked so Zeke could speak. <laughs> <laughs> The way he's playing this whole thing off about lie, Elias... I like Ezekiel a lot better than Elias. 
this whole thing is it's it's so ridiculous that it works and it he's doing a really good job as far as making this believable you know what i mean um so yeah that that one line elias could walk so zeke could speak that that was great um but the one spot in here where kevin owens fucking irish whips him into the uh the steel post on the outside it looks like Ezekiel actually ate that because he, he was cut open. you had missed this at first. I was like, yo, did you see that? And you're like, what? And you rewinded it and you saw it. You were like, damn. He, and he actually wound up getting cut on yeah, the side of the head from that. Yeah, blood in WWE. What do you know? Well, that's the not the only way. match, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, Ezekiel had, uh, he had a little cut from the side of his head from taking that um, steel post shot from uh, Kevin Owens. And yeah, you know, we saw the pop-up powerbomb and Ezekiel kicked out of that. There was a spot where Ezekiel countered a stunner and was you know he hit him with a roll-up and i thought the match was over there that's where i thought it was gonna be like i thought he was gonna win like that roll-up one two look i got the better of you by a split second right and i feel like if they wanted to do that it wouldn't have hurt kevin owens so bad because it was you know in a fluky manner in a way and it still would have been a really uh really entertaining match but pretty much right after that kevin owens rebound um, I think Zeke was about to hit his second elbow drop. Eli- uh, Elias, I'm calling him Elias too. I'm, I'm on board with Kevin You're Owens. On Kevin Owens side, but uh, he hits a pretty good fucking elbow he drop. Does that elbow drop better he than hit- CM Punk's? He, well, yeah, the elbow drop he hit in the beginning of the match it looked very Randy, very Savage-esque. fucking clean. You said, yo, he looks like Randy Savage dressed as Ultimate Warrior and he just shaved in the back. <laughs> he had the tassels on his arms too. Yeah, he does. It he was really, really weird, but it. Somehow works. Which Ezekiel has one of them faces that he needs a beard. Because I bet you he shaved five minutes before the interview he did. And he has like... It just doesn't stop growing. Just permanent five o'clock shadow. But that's what makes Ezekiel hilarious. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he has like the nicks and cuts. Like the razor cuts under the scars. And it's shit. so funny. Um, but yeah, when he attempted his second elbow drop, um, Kevin Owens, he hit the ropes, crotched him on the top. And that, you know, brought Ezekiel down to... Uh, the bottom of the turnbuckle, which Kevin Owens hit his running cannonball. And then he picks him up. He yells, Elias. Screams at him, <laughs> holds him by the hair, and then hits him with a clean stunner. And as he pins him, Kevin Owens looks into the camera and says, Elias, as the referee counts to three. So Kevin Owens, I'm glad he got the win. He got a convincing yeah, yeah. win. And I, I, I like it. I yeah. thought Ezekiel was going to win this, but you know what? KO winning and, and the little things looking into the camera and he's like, Elias, like, I told you. Loved it. I want to see where it goes now. I hope he comes out on Raw and cuts a promo like, I told all of you. Loved you know? it. So that definitely gets a high. I would say yeah. third best match of the night next to the triple threat. That, in the that main surprised event. me. That definitely gets a high. Hell I, a I thought that was just going to be bullshit. And it I, was just under 10 minutes. It seemed a little longer. Kevin but I was already right I'm telling you, KO and Rollins, they, they've carried Raw for the better part of the year. I, the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> Cody just got here. You know what I mean? And before them, it was RK Bro doing it. But Cody, uh, not Cody, uh, KO and Seth. Yeah, Since you're the saying. beginning of the year, they've been, when their tag team matches, just their interactions. At times, they're the only ones worth yeah. watching, you know? So the fourth match of the night, we get our um, six person intergender tag team match between the Judgment Day and I think. I swear to God, I heard them well, call this WWE the WWE doesn't use the... They, they call it mixed tag. Yeah. That inagenda shit, inagenda trios, that's for the other that's, side. Yeah, that's for the AEW galaxy. Not um, the WWE universe. Yeah, but you know what? I, I wasn't really, like... This match didn't... It, like, it didn't disappoint me because I didn't have really high hopes for it, but it was pretty good. It's actually all right. First off, Rhea Ripley needs to wear shorts more often. 
Interesting note about that. Apparently, um, her ring attire wasn't completely ready for Hell in a Cell, which is why she came out looking well, the way what? she did. She, uh, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this show, you know by now we check out the asses on the girls, the wrestling girls. No. Rhea Ripley has one of the best asses in WWE. She's got some fucking cake. She got some nice legs, and she has nice leg tattoos. I, I got tattoos, so I'm, I'm into tattoos. It's know? funny, too. Being that she has the leg tattoos, and it, it, to me, that would add to her look, and she wears she, pants. She needs to wear ring attire with shorts more often. She's like, you know how they said there's body guys in the men's? Rhea Ripley's She's a body, a body girl. girl. Show your legs. Wear them short shorts because it adds to her. Rhea Ripley has a fucking great look, and she has she the does. in-ring ability really to does. go with it. They knew what they were doing when they, they grabbed her up. Because I, yeah. I saw Ripley when she was in the UK, when she had longer hair, and mm-hmm. she looks even better. Yeah. So, more Apparently shorts. they had her cut her hair so she wouldn't look like Charlotte, yeah. which I understand. She looks better than Charlotte to me. But Charlotte looks good, but... Rhea yeah. Ripley is fucking... She's a star waiting to happen, and I think, you know, being paired with Edge is gonna bring this her This match kind of highlighted her in a way. I don't know if you caught it, but, like, every time Finn went for the win, she was the one to stop mm-hmm. him on the top rope. Oh, and she also stopped AJ from, yeah, uh, so from a top rope move, she, too. She was like, I'm the one that's... Uh, like, I'm, I'm gonna sacrifice, you know? Yeah, yeah, So they're, they're kind of highlighting her there. Damien Priest have kind of given up on him because even as a bad guy, it sounds like he's reading from a teleprompter. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to give him more of a chance. His in-ring ability? Yeah, stellar. no complaint there. No but, complaint like, there. Like, dude, try and have some personality. I'm going <sighs> to... At least try. I'm going to give him a little more time. You're not wrong. I'm going to give him a little more time. I like Damian Priest, but you're not wrong about the character work. But again, Judgment Day is practically still in its infancy. This is their first match together as a team. Which, the name, The Judgment Day... I think it was Corey that called them something else that Edge Saints said. of Faith or the something Saints like that? Saints of Fate. Fate, there it is. Yeah. Why not that name? Actually, that like sounds that. a lot better than the Judgment Day. I actually like that. Like, I said it yesterday. Imagine them back in the day calling them the Evolution <laughs> instead of just Evolution. The Degeneration X. A little thing like that does kind of, you like, know, take away. When they said the NWO, it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like they even called New Day the New Day for the a while, New Day. but it didn't necessarily sound bad. Like, no, I don't. But like the Judgment Day is like doesn't dude, sound. First of all, you're biting off an old pay per view, which was a great name for a pay per view, by the way. Yeah, Add it to ta- your yeah. Let's take it off there and you know put it on this. But the Judgment Day, you could have said the Saints of Fate would have that's a perfect name for you guys. I like that name, and it right. fucking fits what you're doing with the angel wings and the. The darkness and the purple and all of that. Right. It just Maybe it's just me looking into little shit. Again, this match, apparently AJ Styles got busted open for real in this match. Um, I don't think... Did he hit his face cameras, on something again? I, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the entrance this time. Um, but no, I saw um, a fan who was like front row posted a video of AJ Styles. Like they didn't, It didn't show how he got busted open. I don't know if the cameras caught it in the match. But you see AJ on the ground and you see blood just start pouring out of his head. And you even see AJ Styles' mouth. Fuck. Yeah, so AJ Styles did apparently get busted open for so real. Got, I don't know where in the we match. got blood a few times in this fucking yeah. pay-per-view. But AJ was apparently uh, legit busted open on the ground on the outside. Uh, again, I'd have to watch the match again to see where it happened. Finn Balor basically is about to hit Edge with the coup de gras, And I think it was Rhea Ripley once again that caused the distraction. And... Edge gets out of the way after he goes for the double foot stomp. Turns around. Edge hits Finn with a spear. Gets the pin. And, yeah, the Judgment Day win their first match together, which I think you and I called. This gets a high. I'll give this a a surprising high. 
I'm glad that, you know, this didn't end like the last ooh fucking eight Yeah, Champa hitting the ring and joining, you know? Or with shit. anyone hitting the ring and joining. One thing Rhea Ripley did that I want her to eliminate is that stupid shit she did with Liv where she like put her in a powerbomb position and then tried to flip her by her hands just to put her in a suplex. It's like, yeah, just, could you just put her in a suplex? And why do all up? that? I'd rather you hold her up for 10 seconds and walk around the ring, show your strength, and then wham. Yeah, just how you get to a normal suplex was just unnecessary. Eliminate that. Keep the shorts because, dude, that booty was moving during this match. <laughs> I was locked on it. Yeah, but, um, you know, pretty solid six-person tag. Um, I'm going to give this a mid. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised. I, I thought it was going to be... It's better this than whole, I thought. This whole fucking feud has been kind of... Yeah, me. this so was probably this the match, better match out of all This match being good and not having someone join at the end... Surprising high for me. I just want to know when and how this ends, where it's going to end, because this to me keeps the feud going. Um, not so, not so sure where they maybe go maybe SummerSlam we finally get that banger of a one on one from Edge and AJ to finally finish it somehow. Where does this put Finn? I don't know. Um, I don't know if we're supposed. Where does to it care. always put Finn? Yeah, I know. You're just here to make a paycheck. Guy. I just, it just, I just, I don't want to say I feel bad for Finn, but it, no, just, it sucks because his NXT run, his second run it, was. It, Fucking awesome. He didn't need the demon. He could. Just, he was more... I think he was more of his, like, Prince DeVitt character. That's why. He was more comfortable. He was more how he was in Japan. He was a heel. His his promo work was so... Let him it be was a bad night guy. and day compared to what we see on the main roster. I just don't understand. Like, I don't... I can't put that blame on Finn because it's not like Finn goes to the main roster. It's like, all right, I'm going to be half of what I was in NXT or I'm just going to be toned down. No, they just... That's, they don't let him be Finn Balor. Yeah, and it's it sucks because he's such a damn good talent. And it's hard to care about him Which nowadays. is whack, because him, when he had the United States title, if he would have been NXT Finn Balor with the U.S. title, it's like, okay, I can get behind this, because right. he has a title, and now it's going to be the main title on Raw, so you got Finn being the main guy on Raw pretty you much. You have to care about the U.S. title before you care yeah. about Finn. Hopefully Theory helps that out. Theory has been doing a little better. Oh, I think they care more about Theory. I think yeah. that has a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, I give this a mid. Better than um, I expected. But still, just where do we go from here? I'm not sure. You know, um, it's another win for the Judgment Day. And again, you and I called this. We thought, you know, Judgment Day was going to win their first match together. It would be kind of silly that they lose their first match together. So not at all surprised. This match coming up next, the fifth match, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. I didn't realize this was going to be no holds barred. Um, but again, I did Another say that surprisingly interesting match. Yeah, I, I didn't. I told you I didn't watch SmackDown this past week, and I haven't for the last couple. Um, just maybe like one match that matters. But yeah, this match was apparently no holds barred, and Madcap Moss comes out with his new look and I believe new music. Well, yeah, this is definitely new music, but he still has the. Kind of wish they would call him Riddick. Riddick. Just Moss. get rid of the Madcap name. Maybe even just Moss. Because like he's coming out more serious. He he has a much better look. We, they they drop the suspenders, and dude, he's fucking. The in, dude is peeled, bro. He he's, is in fantastic shape, so I get it why they'd want to push what him. What do you think got him to the WWE? No shit, but he is good in the ring too. He is. He and, really um, is. I told you, you were like, oh, you're a Madcap fan. I'm like, yo, he has something. Get rid of the damn name. He has something. You get rid of Austin's name and Austin Theory, but you keep Madcap and Madcap Moss. Explain that one to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's just I don't yeah. I don't know. But the match itself, good brawl. Um, Complaining about Madcap as I call myself Madcap Mikey Madcap Bravo. Madcap Mikey Bravo. <laughs> um, it's funny. I'm watching this match, and Moss reminds me of a young Drew McIntyre. Just by the look of it, 
You know, yeah. like McIntyre. McIntyre is a lot bigger, obviously, but right. But he does. Look, I, I do get what you're saying. You know, I, I I look at him. It's like shit. I see a little bit of Drew McIntyre. I mean, as far as the look goes, so it's like I, I can understand. Too. Yeah. Well, he that that fall away slam, that that Razor Ramon slam he gave him into the steps was pretty dope. Yeah, because you have to be pretty goddamn strong to land that pretty good, and, and to um, land that where you'd want him to land on the steps. Yo, I'm actually a fan of Corbin, bro. He, he's grown on me. His in ring work is. Corbin's never going to be someone's favorite, but no, nah, but he he I, had I'm definitely a fan has now. He I definitely has value, shit, but I, I'm a fan now, and I hope that the way this match went and ended he's not gonna be on tv for a little while and i hope he comes back on some like a little more serious note yeah instead of pink shirts angry corbin (laughs) don't give them any ideas (laughs) angry corbin he always comes out man i mean the fucking pink shirt in this match was a little ridiculous he's good man he's good but yeah dude his in-ring work is smooth it's solid good on the mic he has two of the best moves that i think the, the deep six in the end of days the way he pulls out deep six again like it always comes out of nowhere and it always like wows he's like damn he i think he was a guy, big you know boss I mean? man fan bro because when he runs and slides out and grabs the post and slides i think that was a boss man thing the deep six is pretty much a super on steroids modified version of the big boss man's mm-hmm. sidewalk slam that he used to do right starting to think he was a boss man guy Yo, I mean, his in-ring work, like I said, man, it's smoother every match. Um, the only thing I was a little... Like, I, I get the end of this match. Madcap Moss puts his head in the chair and slams a fucking... What are the, the steps on it, right? Yeah, Pretty no, much what yeah. Corbin did to him to take him out. And that's how we got the one, two, three. My only gripe with that is that that's not necessarily the greatest way to get a baby face over, a brand new baby face, because that's clearly a heel thing to do. Granted, Corbin had that coming to him. He did that to Drew McIntyre. I think that's why they did it, because it's just like an eye for an eye. So now you, Right. I wouldn't normally do this, because, but, but you did it to me. So what's, did it to, You did it you know to Moss. You did it to McIntyre earlier in the year. So it's like, all right, he so had his come up. You of your own medicine type right. shit. But so I, I, I get it. what you mean. Usually the good guys don't do dastardly shit. Yeah, and, and also I got to point out, like I said, uh, Moss in the ring definitely has the potential. Um, but man, some of the stuff he was saying on the way out of the ring, yeah. not so much he a natural when it comes to... tough as he looks. No, he sounds kind of like a cornball. So we might have to work on that. He's young, though. I think he's... Got time. In his early twenties, he got time. He's got time, but he doesn't sound convincing when he's nah. trying to sound like a like tough or trying to sound hype. It just kind of sounds like maybe don't talk so I'm much. I'm gonna give this match a high though. I am too. I am too it because was I wasn't expecting very very surprising. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this no holds barred match to be as fun as it was. Um, I didn't even know it was gonna be no holds barred. Fucking madcap hit him with a chair. <laughs> yeah, nice uh nice surprise though. Um, we get Austin Theory versus right Mustafa the Ali. This gets a high for me because Ali lost. <laughs> you fucking bum. In your hometown. Good for you. That's what you get for asking for your release for no reason. Let it all out. You're not a good... No, let me say that differently. <laughs> you are a good wrestler. But as a character? No. No. He tried to come out and say people didn't like him because he was this and he was that. No. And here's the bashing of Mustafa Ali. We don't like you because you suck. This is the portion of the wrestling high where Mustafa Ali gets bashed. He just pisses me off. Just for existing. His name is Mustafa. He calls himself Mustafa. Mustafa sounds. Well, that's a lot how tough. he. But that's I know, how but it sounds it. a lot tougher as Mustafa. Mustafa sounds like. Hey, can you put some Mustafa on my plate? Well, I mean, if that's how his name is pronounced, <laughs> he's an asshat. Fuck him. Remember when they did just call him Ali and he fought for the Mustafa back? 
The guy, he's like the new CM Punk. I don't want a wrestler being just named Ali. There's only one person that's so referred you know to as you, Ali. You know how you counter that? Go away. Don't even come back. He got a really good reaction. Yeah, he's him. from Chicago. Right. Chicago always cheers for their guys. When Punk came back, his pop was ten times louder than We're it would have been. We're not going to compare Mustafa Ali to No, but I'm saying, <clears throat> that's how Chicago does it for their people. Just like Long Island does for MJF and St. Louis does for Randy Orton. You cheer for your guys. Right. It's a good match, though. It was. It worked. The best part? Ali losing. <laughs> Which he pulls out some pretty cool moves here. Yeah. Like I, I said, uh, he's good in the ring. It's just your character is like, I'd rather watch a curtain be hung. Just a little... <laughs> It's a little boring. He's a little yeah. bland as a baby face. You fell asleep during this match. I did. Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad because I woke up just in time for the main event that we're going to get right into right after this. That match gets a high for me. Alex isn't going to... Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins was flat out fucking incredible. And, I'm talking uh, about the last one. You didn't give it a rating, guys. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, Theory and Mustafa Ali. Um, you better give it a high because Ali lost. I'm giving this a mid. Oh, God. It wasn't terrible. It's just clearly the selfie awesome. on on the Titan. That was when he was sleeping. He took a selfie and they fucking put it on the Titan Tron. I guess while I Ali was still in the ring, I did doze off a little bit in this match. Um, you know, I will admit. But yeah, I mean, this was starting to get a little long. Um, but yeah, it was still a good match. It was all right. I just give it a mid just because there was no way I was buying into the fact that Ali was going to win the U.S. title. Um, and Austin Theory is way too early into his run to be and dropping saw, a title. Not to mention, he's so much better than that bum. <laughs> anyway. Honesty. It's the best thing. Well, we're going to take a quick break, like we usually do, and save the main event for its own segment. So uh, stick with us. We'll this be one right deserves back. it. Yeah, it does. But uh, we'll be right back. So uh, stay with us. To back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action. We're back for the main event, but before we get into that, me and Alex were just cracking up about something that we remembered. I kind of enjoyed it, but for the wrong reasons, just because it was hilarious. It's just MVP's diss track on Bobby Lashley. Yeah, before the uh, the handicap <laughs> match started, um, we were treated to... Well, first off, I thought this was like a hype video for the match, and I guess it was, but it was in the form of a diss track from MVP to Bobby Lashley. And it was actually MVP rapping... Going at Bobby Lashley in this video, and yeah, it was uh, entertaining because it was just hilarious for the like, wrong reason. They're really doing this to me. It's like, are we supposed to get Bobby Lashley to respond in a video of his own? Which Could you imagine please Bobby don't. Lashley freestyling? No, oh my god, he can barely recite a fucking written promo. Yeah, I don't want to hear him rap. Yeah, the rap video was funny as shit. Though. It was funny, but it was just like, oh, okay. unnecessary. It was entertaining, so I guess it served its purpose, but... But... Just please don't, uh... Don't have Bobby Lashley respond in the same manner. No. Let this feud be over. Yeah, please. Uh, Speaking of feuds being over, this was the culmination of another Seth Rollins banger of a trilogy. Yeah. Second straight year, this dude has the best trilogy of of the year, at least, you know, in WWE. Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Hell in a Cell match, main event. Now, before we get into the match, we find out that Cody Rhodes apparently had a partially torn uh, peck in the brawl with Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw. Later on in the week, I believe it was Friday, he tore it off the bone working out. 
Yeah. So, terrible news because Cody Rhodes right now is on a fucking tear. He's killing it in WWE. They waited been booking him. He's coming off as a star. And this happens. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Because it's like the injury bug just hit. Because on AEW side, you got Punk with his pussy injury. But then you got <laughs> Danielson's hurt too. And it's an undisclosed injury too. Yeah, um, and it's like, I, I really fucking hope it's not something with his concussion shit because he's been doing that stupid shit over there with the hardcore stuff yeah i hope he didn't hit his head hard by accident we're getting a little off topic but this injury bug's been hitting and one week we lost punk Rhodes, and brian punk that's your own fucking fault stop stage diving you <laughs> asshat who wants to crawl in the crowd with a bunch of aew fans they probably don't even wash their hands Anyway, hands, that's what you're worried about. Well, that's what's touching him. Oh. Unless CM Punk's fucking probably getting with, underarms on him too. in the fucking crowd. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Seth Rollins' music hits. The crowd's singing with him, and he comes out with the, the robe really closed. When he opens it, Dusty Rhodes polka dots. <sighs> telling a story before he even climbs in through the ropes. Dude, Seth Rollins has been doing this all year. He did it with Roman Reigns coming out dressed as a shield. As a shield. When he, when he was feuding with Ray, he came out with Ray's Halloween Havoc attire on. That's right, yeah. So it's like, it's a Rollins thing. He is the drip god, right? So that, that right there, that's a little touch that's like, wow. Great heel shit. This is why he's in WWE in the position he's in. Not because he's doing flips, not because of this or that, but because he gets the little nooks and crannies in the middle. Cody's character has really come into its own over the last couple of years. It's finally meeting... You mean Rollins? Yeah, Rollins. You're right. Cody's character has come into the, the past few months because in AEW, right. he wasn't getting over. Well, cause, That's their fans, though. Yeah. You know? But anyway. yeah, Rollins is who I meant to say. His character's really coming into his own. It's finally like matching He's found up that character that he could just go into overdrive with. Right. Because for a few years, he was trying to do that Messiah thing and this and that. But this right here, this Rollins, is something that he can build off of for a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Cody Rhodes comes out, enters the cell. and big, when Big he, ovation. When he removes the robe, the reaction from Chicago, it's like gasps. Dude, it gets kind of quiet because this guy's fucking chest, his right pack. As soon pack. as I saw it, I said, yeah, look at how swollen. Like, I said, that's not makeup because Hell look no. at how swollen it is. His right pack all the way down to his right arm is nothing but fucking purple and red and dude, humongous. It, it, when he was like, when you see Cody on the ground selling, you could see his left pack is normal and his right pack is like fucking puffed up. Like he just got a pump. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, he, no way in hell was this makeup. I saw some people in nah. comment sections, and to me, it's just fucking angry AEW Shut fans. Like, why, you, why can't you just be a wrestling fan that says, yo, WWE might fuck up a lot, but you know what? This is one thing they're doing that I like. Hell yeah. You can't just admit it? His injury oh, looked nasty. Is it because, and I saw somebody saying, oh, WWE makes their, their wrestlers work hurt. That was 150% Cody's choice to go out there. It was. If he, he told Vince, it. I can't do it, Vince would have said, I'm paying you a lot. If you can't do it, you can't do well, it. Here's the thing. Um, later on, it was revealed that, you know, him tearing the peck off the bone actually made it possible for him to yeah, wrestle Yeah, I didn't know match. that. You, you told me that you, if he had just tore it a little bit, he wouldn't have been able to. But since it was off the bone, you can't really hurt it anymore. Yeah, there was no more damage to be done. So if at that... At, at that point, it's just whether or not how you know Cody can deal with the pain and 
and hopefully not get injured somewhere else on his body. You know what I mean? But as far as his pec, there was no more damage to be done. So that allowed him to have this match. This was also a testament to, and it's crazy because Rollins has had a few things where he hurt people. Yeah, he had a, he had a little skid for a couple years. Now the, you can tell they really trust him. Like, yo, go out there with Cody. And Cody trusted him. And I know, here's the thing, man. Seth, I think, I don't know if it was him being unsafe or just bad luck. It was just, I think the, the worst injury Seth caused, I think, was the knee that broke John Cena's nose on Raw because, dude, you have to be more careful than that. Yeah. He just straight up need the shit out of John Cena. I think Cena. the Sting injury was on both their ends. Sting didn't know how to take a bump that way. And I think Sting shouldn't have okayed taking a power bump through yeah, a table and, and two buckles. Not to bumps. mention now he's wrestling after it, so it didn't end your career. Obviously, almost did. But and and the, the power bomb to Finn Balor on, at SummerSlam. That's into another barricade. One that, that, that buckle bomb is hard for guys to because you gotta you, you're going into a bump blindly. Yeah, you don't know how you're. Gonna you don't land. know how you're gonna land, and and it's just little mishaps. But yeah, obviously they. Trust Rollins now because that was what five six years ago he was hurting people. The one with Cena was seven. Yeah, and Sting was like six, and Finn Balor. I think I think, Sting was actually later that year. Was it? Yeah, so so twenty fifteen near the end of that. From that, yeah. you know, and now they say, you know what, Cody, you want to go out there? Cody trusts Seth. Yeah, the WWE fact that Seth. the fact that Cody didn't get any. You know, the fact that Cody wasn't more And they injured. fucking worked the injury, bro. Yeah, they yeah. were every I, I cringed because Rollins was digging a kendo stick into it. Into his chest. He whacked him in it. He fucking, like, did this. When uh, Cody tried to put him through, I think it was the table. It might be, I might be mistaken. But Rollins grabs his arm, turns around, twists it, and then yanks him. Boom, on the arm. Yeah, every damn move Cody took, every bump he took, you and I were just cringing. Like, Damn. Stop! Like I honestly, I didn't expect this match to last as no, long. No, I did. thought, and I didn't expect Cody to win either. I thought it was going to be a audible. Yeah, on the fly that it, night. I don't think anybody would have been upset if Seth won this match, given that all right, Cody already has the out with the injuries, clearly less than a hundred percent. And if Cody, Cody's definitely going to miss time after this because it's going to require surgery. So you could have written him off like that. And I don't think anybody would have been upset with uh, regarding the circumstances. And Seth gets a big win, but again. Seth didn't need to win this, As and Cody and persevering through this even makes it that much better. Yeah, people are going to be waiting for him to come back. Hell man. yeah. The in-ring work was great in this, but I don't want to just ignore the storytelling because Cody hitting a pedigree is huge. Yeah. After smashing the throne, and Rollins even said, you can't smash the throne, then come try to sit in it. Right. They pull out a fucking sledgehammer. Well, Seth was the one that pulled the sledgehammer yeah. first, and he actually put Cody's well, jacket Cody's on, too. Cody's the one that actually used it. It's like... This guy spent years talking about Triple H with us, not and with me not knowing that that was his favorite wrestler. Right. So it's like, he's my favorite wrestler, but I'm going to talk shit about him because now I have a personal gripe with him because he treated me like shit, I guess, mm-hmm. when I was there. But now he's back and he used the pedigree and he finished the match with a sledgehammer. It's like, there's so much storytelling there. Yeah. He pulls out a fucking bull rope. And they, yeah, go, the they, fucking... they turn it into a Hell in a Cell bull rope. I match. love how Cody got the bull rope out and he just... Tosses the one side, put it on. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you want to wear my father's clothes? Show me how much like my father you are. Great callback. And it's crazy because people like Cody coming out and doing that match like that. At first, it surprised me, but then I thought I was like, what would Dusty do, bro? Dusty would have went out there with a cast, same damn thing, from his ankle to his shoulder, and wrestled the match if it meant people paid to see him. That's the kind of guy he was. And Cody has a lot of the old school mentality. Hell yeah. Like, we said Randy Orton is the last of a dying breed. Well, Cody Rhodes is another one. I think Cody one. might actually be that now. Cody since Rhodes he's, is another one. Because since he's he, a little younger. He has that 
old school, this is how it's done. If people pay to see you and you get hurt, if you can still go out there, if, yeah. if you're not on your deathbed, God forbid. I mean, clearly there are injuries you can't go yeah, out and perform. If you can perform like, through goes without it, saying. then that's what you do because right. that is your job. Right. But yeah, man, Cody put on a fucking epic performance. Dude, he even took the power bomb he took in the corner through the table. This this, this is massive. He just fucking folded. Right I, I like this person and I like this. For the WrestleMania match was great. The moment of Cody the returning. The moment was huge. The match was great. They stole backlash as they needed to. Mm-hmm. But this right here, the storytelling, the fact that it was hell in a cell, Cody's injury, as much as I hate it, added to the drama. Yeah. Rollins with the polka dots, the bull rope. This was my favorite match out of the trilogy. And for me, this is match of the year right now. It's hard to argue that. It's hard to argue that. With everything you just said, um, Cody and Seth, yeah, this was, again, Cody gets the sweep. So, you know, whenever Cody gets back, from what I'm reading, too, he's supposed to be getting surgery this coming week. I you believe said Thursday. Like six months, right? They're saying four to six months, which rumble. would line up just in time for the Rumble. Rumble. And you know what? WWE will probably promote it because, obviously, they did the, the countdown to Cody on Raw, and that got fucking ratings to shoot up. So I'm saying. The surprise itself... Like yeah. how John Cena came back and Edge and stuff like that would I, I be would, amazing. I would personally like it to just, you know, and just that fucking American Nightmare music hits. Right. That would get a stadium to go nuts. Of but course. I see what you're saying because Cody has so much draw power now. And you want to make sure people are going to tune in. I always talk about it. On the first episode, I think it was, you, you got to just think great wrestler from a great draw. Yeah. When you have one that's both, and like Cody Rhodes yeah. and Seth Rollins, they draw. You kind of have to promote that. If you, yeah, you want to sell out a stadium in the Rumble, you promote Cody entering the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and you know what? You can even be like, we ain't even going to show him until the Rumble. No, at all. At all. You know? You don't know what number he's coming. videos. Nothing. You could even do it like that. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, you can, you can definitely go to surprise element route, and it'll be amazing. Yeah. But I feel like... If you, you might sell, want to, you want to sell that out, you right? Want to tell you want them. even if the buzz is out there and people just kind of know, and you know it's a rumor. Fuck that. Just tell people like, yo, Cody's coming back. They're gonna. You're watch. gonna want to pay tickets to see this, or you know, pay money, whatever, however you want. And you know, you're what? gonna want to see this. Don't have them come in between twenty five and thirty. Have them come in like. 18, 19, and put on a show. I would have him come in earlier than that. Yeah. And just have Cody just show again why he's... Fuck it. Have him pull a Ric Flair and come out number three and just win the whole thing. Flair came out three in 92, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be mad at Cody coming out with a really early number and and running the table. number. Why not? Yeah. How, How else you build a guy who won a match after tearing his pec... And now he's back, and he's thrown in the Rumble early, but he shows out. And you think about it, since Royal Rumble the last few years has been held in the stadium, it hasn't been determined where Royal Rumble's going to be next year, but I would assume it's still going to be in a stadium. Yeah. So, Cody coming back to that environment. Could you imagine if they do a fucking Rumble in the Georgia Dome? Oh, man. Man. That would be even better. Cody coming back at home. Yeah. What? There you go. You might uh, WWE, Vince, you got the money, dude. You put... Fucking wrestling everywhere else. I feel Rumble like they go with the, the Georgia. I feel Dome. like they go with Rumble and SummerSlam in a baseball stadium. It's a little smaller, and then WrestleMania is in a football. All right, stadium. so but either way, the fucking Braves got a nice new stadium built. Turner Field. And what a big fuck you to AEW to have the Rumble in Turner Field. Mm. TNT, yeah, no TBS. Shit. Hey, look, we're selling out your owner's stadium because well, it's Indy, not their owner. 
Well, Ted Turner doesn't own them, but yeah, you got it. We're selling out Ted Turner Stadium. Can you do that? Yeah. You know, you're on his network. Yeah, no shit. I, I would love it. That'd be dope. Either way, Cody possibly coming back for the Rumble would be huge, and it would be the perfect time, you know, perfect timing. So who knows, man? And, and you know, you, you think about other wrestlers in the past who have come back from torn pecs. Like, let's think Triple H. He got injured. Look at John Cena came back after three months. Cena's a little different. To, but I'm saying he's one of them. Yeah, he came back. Cena can fucking break his arm and I just pop Cena it back into place like the, and wrestle the rest of the match. I think he has like Wolverine healing power. Yeah, he's different. I almost don't even want to compare anyone to Cena. But Triple H, just a few years ago, after you know the return match of Shawn Michaels in Saudi Arabia against Taker and Kane, he tore it in that. He tore it in that match, and that was in October. He was still able to have his last WrestleMania match months later against Batista, which I don't think anybody really expected, especially Triple given H Triple H's age at the bone, time. Though. Did he, oh, he did. Sure as hell looked like bone. it, man. It looked just as bad as Cody's. Nah, Cody's looked horrible. Dude. Triple H just looked bad too. Triple H had the purple, but yeah, Cody's, the picture that it went all the way down. Cody's his arm too. shit looked like a fucking chewed on fruit roller. <laughs> that looked bad, bro. Like I didn't even want to watch the match at some points, but I'm like, you know what? This is what wrestling uh, is, bro. Yeah, like it was hard to watch, but it added to the suspense of like. Fuck, he's doing this with a yeah. torn pec. And honestly, I was like, yo, did he tear his bicep too? Because that shit looked... Went all the way down his right like, arm. Yeah, it was just... And he was moving it. He was. He started... He kicked out with it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There, just, there, was, there were times where he's getting the right shoulder up. And it's like, dude, ugh. That, they needed to build <laughs> him to return at the Rumble at like... I'd even say number eight or nine. Just early. Let yeah. him show out. Let him get... A few close thrown out. Let him skin the cat a few times because he's athletic enough to do it. I've seen him right, do it before. Right, right. Win that rumble, the crowd's gonna go nuts. Now you now you're on the fast track to Cody. One year after his return, At he's Mania. main eventing WrestleMania. And he's going and he's trying to fulfill his promise on top of that. Exactly. I mean, what better storytelling than that, man? Cody's And it shows people it. like, yo, look, Cody Rhodes came back and it just was doing good by him. It just so. really sucks that we're not gonna see him for the next four to six months because damn, I was ready to see him go up against guys like KO, um, Randy Orton somewhere down the line. I mean, there's so many damn possibilities. I guess Cody. time makes the heart grow fond, right? I guess so. But um, I wasn't ready to see him go down so early. But. This is obviously a high. Goes without saying. Yeah, this is match of the year for me. It's gonna be hard to top this. Really hard. Given the circumstances, Cody going in at clearly Given less than 100. Circumstances, the two guys involved, the kind of match. It, it was a hell in a cell. End of a feud with table spots. The fucking bull rope. Not to mention, if you remember, Chicago was asking for tables all fucking night. And, and then, then thank when, you Rollins chant. Because when Seth it finally pulls yeah. it out, you hear a big thank you Rollins chant. And at first I thought, I took that as them turning on Cody. But what you pointed out, I was like, no, he's finally bringing out a table yeah, and everybody they, ignored they Chicago. that for the whole night. Because at first I'm like, don't turn on Cody after this match. Nah, like, how dare you? On Cody but right yeah, now. good no point. Way. They were just happy to see a fucking table Dude, after asking all night. Bull rope, table spots. Apparently, Cody Rhodes, upon making it back to Gorilla, you know, he received a standing ovation from, you know, everybody in the locker room. And, As he yeah, should. Yeah, deservedly so. This is what I mean when I say, like, you got so many people who just want to, when things don't go their way, they grab their shit and leave. But then you got Cody who has a literal injury that he shouldn't have been out there. But he's doing it for the love of the business. And then you got people who, oh, you booked me the wrong way, so I'm fucking out of here. You don't love wrestling if you're doing shit like that. 
Yeah, Cody, if there's one thing that's obvious, man. He's a different breed, bro. He's, Cody he's loves a this breed. shit. Cody loves this shit, and it's it's impossible to not get behind him. Is there a better baby face in wrestling? Not I, just I WWE. think he even said in that thing that you mentioned where he addressed the crowd, he was like, uh, the decision was always coming out here like 10 times out of 10. I was never going to not be out here going on last. Yeah. This is a guy with a torn peck completely off the bone went out there and gave us a 30-minute Hell in a Cell match. Damn near. What? Apparently, it was clocked in at 24 minutes and 20 seconds, but when you think about, you just put on nearly a half hour with a torn peck. And, and it was targeted. 24 minutes with a torn peck might as well be 24 hours. Yeah, and it was targeted. Like I said, the kendo sticks, the kendo stick to the fucking injured area, or him pressing on it with the end of it was like, I was cringing. Because yeah. it looked like the goddamn, it looked like his chest was about to burst. And the <laughs> best was, part about it is that even Rollins losing doesn't, it doesn't hurt him at all. It He's just all, that dude. good. Yeah. And it would have been perfectly fine with Seth winning, but yeah. I, I'm kind of glad they went with Cody because it just adds more to him. Yeah, it does. Because now know? he's undefeated in WWE still, and you want to see what's going to happen when he comes back. Yeah. It just and if it's the Rumble? Oh, my God. The best part of WWE other than Roman Reigns is now out four to six months. And that just kind of sucks. But um, that's our Hell in a Cell high and low. I, uh, as far as a rating, I give this an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go. This was a hell of a strong B pay-per-view. It was nice to watch this a week removed from Double or Nothing, which took a year to get through. And this was half as long as far as um, the amount of matches. And yeah, Seth and Cody, again, has to be match of the year candidate. It's your match of the year already, and yeah, I, it's that, hard to that, argue for that. Me, it's my favorite out of all three of these, and it's, it's my match of the year right so now. So to segue from one great Hell in a Cell match to another one that happened 20 years ago, now on to our watch along, which we're going to get to. It's Triple H versus Chris Jericho, Judgment Day 2002. It's a Hell in a Cell match that is pretty slept on. It's under the radar. It's not one that sticks out. Everybody always thinks of Taker and Michaels or Taker and Foley, Taker and Triple H, Taker and everybody. Um, Triple H and Cactus. Triple H and Batista. There's yeah, so many. There's, really, there's a lot of classic. Hell in a most Cell of them matches. happened before the PG era for obvious reasons. And this one is, you know. Bring back the fucking Silver Cage. You know what? The red didn't bother me this time because it was just all it's about because Cody of who was in there. Yeah. Again, Chris Jericho, Triple H, that's our Hell in a Cell match we decided to go with. We recorded this um For younger along. wrestling fans, this is when Jericho was actually the man. This is pre-wizardry. Um, not throwing fireballs, not fucking midlife crisis live on TV and getting fat and drinking with the young guys. This is Jericho when Jericho was on top of his game. This was prime Jericho. Um, and yeah, again, this is a, a Hell in a Cell match that doesn't get nearly enough attention. That's why I picked it. Um, a lot of shit goes down, a referee goes down, and it's... The last match he officiates on a full-time basis. And you'll see what we mean. Like you said, um, we recorded this watch-along about a couple weeks back. And we wanted to attach it with the Hell in a Cell high and low review. But um, yeah. any closing thoughts on Hell in a Cell, the pay-per-view? Uh, it was surprisingly very good. Again, I go into these B pay-per-views not expecting anything. Really I, I wasn't surprised big. at Cody and Seth. I mean, no, other I than that the fact that, good, but yeah, Other than the fact that he tore his peck. But it was still I great. didn't expect certain other matches like Kevin Owens and Ezekiel to be so good. Yeah. Madcap and Corbin to be so good. The women's match I knew was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be that good because the build was just like... They yeah. threw it together like paper mouche. Here. You know, last minute project. Right, right. But 8 out of 10, strong 8. Yeah, I can't agree more, man. But yeah, that was Hell in a Cell, our highs and lows. When we get back, you're going to hear our latest watch along. Chris Jericho, Triple H, Judgment Day 2002. Uh, 
and we'll tell you how to get there right after this. Whack! The high and low episode is going to conclude with a watch-along. So we wanted to bring a, a Hell in a Cell match that is 20 years old now. Uh, it's Chris Jericho versus Triple H from Judgment Day 2002. This is a match from uh, back when a Hell in a Cell match meant this was the end of the feud because this feud had no other way to end other than just complete destruction. Silver steel cage, not that Red Bull. And not just that, but the cage that you can touch the roof from the top rope, not the cage that is 10 feet higher that was supposed to yeah, keep people I, I from climbing on top. Yeah, I missed the old cage. Yeah. I missed like the one that Shawn Michaels and Undertaker fought in, the one that Mankind flew off of. That, that one looked like a fucking menacing cage. This red one looks like a McDonald's playground. It's a distraction. It's, it's a distraction. Just, it's like, I don't want to... And it's crazy because we just saw Seth Rollins and Edge tear it down in there, but I think it would have been that much better if it was in the old style. Still cage. a great match, and probably one of the best Hell in a Cell matches and to take place in a newer era. But we got Rollins and Rhodes going in there. This yeah. By the time this episode comes out, that match would have already happened, yeah. but... You know, this kid, if it was in this cage, these matches would be just <clears throat> that much better. Or if they were just allowed to have, in like, a normal Hell in a Cell match. Even if they wanted in the fucking bigger, you know, higher ceiling Hell in a Cell. Like, that's fine. You know I mean? Like a normal, like, like bloody Hell in a Cell Yeah, match. I think it and would be that much better. Do that. I know, I know. But I'm still looking forward, and I'm sure by you this... You gotta stay away from spots where their heads hit the cage, because then that's like, ah, uh, you're fucking insulting my intelligence. They never do, though. You know, but so then you know what? Give us some blood then. At, for the, for one time like this. It doesn't have to be every week. But when, when it's warranted, give it to us. Yeah. So this Hell in a Cell match, again, Triple H versus Chris Jericho. You know, with these watch-alongs, I always try to pick matches that aren't necessarily, like, so obvious. Matches that haven't, you know, been covered to death like others. Like, I'm not going to do Michaels and Undertaker. I'm not going to do my um, Undertaker and Mankind. Everybody fucking knows those matches in and out. You Cactus know? Jack and Triple H was a pretty good one. Too. That is a good one. That is a good one. But I felt like Jericho and Triple H was even more obscure, and it still took place around a time where Hell in a Cell was actually Hell in a Cell. So you saw blood. You saw you know shit happen outside of the cell. People still climbed it and fought on top. You know, like this, I felt like was a really slept on, maybe the most underrated Hell in a Cell match of all time, I think. And it's Jericho's only Hell in a Cell. Um, Triple H, I mean, shit, this was like... I don't know. He already had like a few at this point and he had so many more to go. Um, but he was already looking like next to Undertaker like, you know, this this was his match. Yeah, I haven't seen this in a while. With that said, we're going to tell you how to get there. So obviously, you know, we're going to go to Peacock. You're going to go to the WWE tab. And you go under Premium Live Events. Once you get there, and you just scroll a little bit left uh, uh, left to right until you see the Judgment Day tab, and it's Triple H in, like, an inmate's outfit, flexing. So you click on that. Uh, you're going to want to go to Seasons, and it's going to be the fourth season, which is the fourth Judgment Day pay-per-view. So Season 4, Episode 1, you're going to see Undertaker's face on that, you know, image. Click on that, and you're going to want to fast-forward to the 1-hour, 28-minute, 22nd, If you didn't get that before, I'll say it again. One hour, 28 minute, 21 seconds. That mark right there. So give yourself time. You got you. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, it's just every watch along, 
you give the rules like they do every Royal Rumble every year. Hey, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I just remember the conversation. If I, if, we, I, if I had the fink here to do it, no, I would I have No, I remember we had a conversation off air about the Rumble and how they give the rules every year. And it was just a comment you made we can't say on the show. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that then. Anyway. But you do give the rules every time. I, I don't well, know. It's, it's just, it's watching WWF so fucking much. I'm pretty sure they know by now where to go. All right. Well, now that you're there, you should be there by now. See, I gave him time to get there. Look at that. Look at that. Fucking Stalin. What a genius. So you should be there by now. One hour, 28 minutes, 21 seconds. And you can press play right fucking now. Finally, the match. The type of match that plays a, a perverse hand in the stat we're seeing an athlete's legacy. And tonight, the game and that old and the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll, the Y2J, will step inside the hell in the cell. It's got JR and King on commentary. 2002, this match is like literally just turned 20 years old. This was Judgment Day. It was even the May pay-per-view. Fucking Taz. Taz and Cole look like thinking the brain here. <laughs> well, at least it's not Nickelodeon. It's WB. Triple H was fucking jacked in that image. Jesus. This was actually a really good pay-per-view. Not this, like this Hell in a Cell took place in the middle of like a fucking stacked card. All right, let me run this card down for you real quick. You had Stone Cold's last pay-per-view match before he walked out in the company a month later. All right, he fought a handicap match against Ric Flair in the Big Show. It's actually pretty entertaining. Edge shaved Kurt Angle's head. Oh, that was this pay-per-view. That was this pay-per-view. And uh, the main event, Undertaker beat Hogan for the title in a pretty ugly championship match. But Undertaker that was when he get fucking that, that sandbag choke swim. Yes. Yeah, that, exactly. And won the title. Fucking Hogan. And yeah, this Hell in a Cell match was like co-main event with Undertaker and Hogan. But crazy card, right? Like, yeah. That's a fucking stacked card. And I'm pretty sure we got Eddie and RVD for the Intercontinental title, if that wasn't enough. So, yeah. So, yeah, this is the, uh, the video. And this, again, another fucking great video showing you the rivalry. Let's see who we got here. Hardcore Holly, Test, Lance Storm, Reverend Devon, and Christian. Back when WWE not just bled, but they bled on a taped SmackDown episode. Those were the days, man. Yeah. So good. It's funny, instead of Hell in a Cell, he went up to Triple H's face and yelled, BAH! Body drop. Even if Hogan would have fucking sledged and a poor ref, Jesus. More on that poor ref later on in this match, actually. Hell in a Cell spared nobody back in the day. 
Do you know what I'm talking That's about? That's why I would tell him so. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? That's thing? him white. Yes, it is. Then when he gets thrown into the cell and like gets fucked up. Oh, you're gonna see it. Separated shoulder, apparently. Is that what leads to his like suicide? Well, no. Thing? That wound up being the last match he refed full time. I think oh. he came back and refed a match for WrestleMania 20. Like, the first time since then, but I don't think he came back and ref after that, because, like, his shoulder was really fucked up. And then, years after that, like, in 2005 or six is when they did that awful, like, suicide gimmick on fucking yeah. WWE.com, which was, like, super uncomfortable. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. It wasn't even attitude there. It's just weird. You'd think you would see some shit like that then. So, alright, you know what? I have an idea. Back then, it should have been called Helen the Cell. Now it's just Helen a Cell. Does that make sense? No. I always think about like, it. Why? Because I noticed that too. Well, no, no. That's what I should. That's what I'm saying. That's what they should call it. Back then, it's the Cell. This is the Cell. Now mm. it's just Helen a Cell. I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's not what we grew up watching. Yeah. This is Prime Jericho, pre-wizardry. No fireballs. No. He could have used it in here, too. It was hell in a cell, after all. Yeah, right? Maybe he could have had, like, a, a fire flower like Super Mario. Because I'm a wizard. You might be married into the company, Hunter, but I'm a wizard. was right after uh, their WrestleMania main event. And they had like an on-again, off-again feud for like the better part of two years. So this wasn't like a feud that, you know, like, I don't know, like the first pay-per-view match they had during this time was WrestleMania, and then it went to Hell in a Cell. But they had matches that went back a year or two before that. Like, I don't know if you remember. You remember when Jericho won the WWF title? It was actually at Penn State Mm -hmm. uh, on Raw. But it was a fast count. Earl Hebner uh, fast counted Triple H because Triple H was fucking with him the whole time. And then Triple H and Stephanie, who were like in power, made Earl Hebner revoke that decision and or like reverse that decision and gave the title back to Triple H. So that title shot, that title yeah, change I remember that. technically doesn't uh, count. But I remember watching that and Jericho was saying how it was like supposed to be a test, like how people would react to him winning a WWF title. And they went fucking nuts. So yeah, I like, remember. Yeah, that was a that was a hell of a Monday that, Night Raw moment. And then, uh, triple, uh, what's his name? Jericho won with the lion salt. Yeah, I with a fast that. count. Yeah, and then that led to a Last Man Standing match they would have a couple months later in 2000, and that match was fucking brutal. I think Triple H won at the last second. Like he got up at nine and then collapsed after he won. So plenty of history with Triple H and Jericho, and on top of that, I don't—I'm sure you knew about this. Like, I don't think they really got along. 
like back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I saw something like that. They, they had like real heat back then. Yeah, like they've kind of both like confirmed that in different interviews and shit like that. I guess they have a healthy respect for each other now, but I guess, you know, Triple H was of the mind of, you know, Jericho's too small or whatever. And obviously, Jericho, you know, proved that shit to be wrong tenfold. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But yeah, you know, the ones that are, you know, have a little bit of animosity, a little bit of real life animosity between, you know, between them two, they usually make for the best rivalries, you know? And I feel like Triple H and Jericho, this is an underrated Hell in a Cell match. They also have a pretty underrated rivalry, too, when you think about it. Yeah, they do. How, how Jericho would just fucking berate Stephanie McMahon, like, the way he did, it was just so OD, but it was great. And Triple H was the heel, but you can almost understand where he's coming from. You kind of wanted to see him kick his ass for saying all that shit about his wife. So it was like a really weird dynamic between the two. Like, Jericho was the clear-cut face, but he was saying shit that, you know, he should probably get his ass kicked for saying that. You know? Yeah. Here we go. So you don't remember this match too much, do you? No. Check your parking Silver Cell is so much better. Oof. Harley Race me. You can shoot. Commentating Lex James. And fucking Jim Ross follows. Oh. I like this view better. Inside the cage like that. Right. Yeah, I remember watching recently um, another Hell in a Cell that, that's like, you know, uses the original version. It was um, Randy Orton and Undertaker. Randy Orton in the match, like one of the big spots, he does a, a top rope cross body on the Undertaker through a table. And he can't, he has to like jump forward because he's literally touching the top of the cage when he's on the top rope. Yeah. He can't just jump up and, you know, you know, fucking hit his head in the cage. So he had to like jump forward and across. Yeah, he's like 6'4 or 6'3 as it is. Um, so he had to like jump forward and across and like almost miss Undertaker, but he still lands it and breaks through. What? That'll, that'll do it. It's a hell in a cell. What are you even getting rules for? I mean, shit, if I'm refing a hell in a cell match, I don't want to ref if it goes all the way over the fucking place. Imagine having to climb to the goddamn cell. Keep it inside. Yeah, no shit. They can't get outside. They're not supposed to anyway. I mean, I guess it's 
You know, they still have to, I guess, suggest not to be. Nah, I don't know, bro. The, the, to me, there's the, the only need for the ref is to really count. It's hell in a cell. What, there's or, five counts in this? No, there's not. He's not counting anyone. Is Jack have a red ponytail? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, damn. This is Triple H post quad tear and surgery and whatnot. And on top of that, speaking of that injury, it was Jericho who put him in the walls of Jericho on the table during that match while his quad was torn. Wow. So you also had that. That's probably why they had some heat. Well, I well I don't think I, I mean like storyline wise I don't know if that because oh. like he didn't. He didn't like That must have fucking hurt he, he tore his quad already Triple H actually told him To fucking do that I remember oh, Jericho right, saying sure. that Like nah keep doing it Because he was supposed to Put him in the walls On the table It was just his quad Wasn't supposed to be Torn off the fucking Bone Yeah, that was But bad. he still went through it With he, he Triple H apparently Still told Jericho to do it So it's just, Triple H is a tough bastard Ow Taking bumps like that On the outside Has to Suck so fucking oh, bad blood already Yeah Jericho has some On his arm I don't know how that happened. Shit, that happens now. They stop the fucking open. match. Imagine that. You see that now, and you get a little cut in your arm. Hold yeah. on. Ref Can't breaks out some this. gloves. Damn. Triple H came back in fucking great shape, though. Like, he, he did not lose a step. And not in my eyes, at least. Like, he wasn't any worse... Before that quad tear, like, to no. me, Triple H was still as good as he's, he had ever Triple been. Triple H is one of the most consistent wrestlers of all time. Absolutely. His match quality, even when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, you could yeah. see he was a... Hell of a technician. General. Like, yeah. he, was a, he, he watched the guys that did the small shit. Yeah. You could see a lot of Jake the Snake in him. You could see a lot of Harley Race, a lot of Ric Flair. Absolutely. He did his homework, and, and it shows, like... In the ring, he was trained by Killer Kowalski. Yeah, and and I, I don't remember classic Triple H bump. I can't remember any bad Triple H matches when I think about it. Uh I can, but not necessarily his fault. I, I kind of chalk it up to who it was against, and I'm thinking Scott Steiner in 2003 and Goldberg in 2003. Hey, see, I don't even think about those. But to me, it's one of them. Triple H had a torn groin for one of them, and the other one, like Scott Steiner, at that point was so like jacked. That he can barely do anything but throw a punch and a clothesline, and they even looked weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like Triple H. What the fuck you want him to do about that? Like, you know what I mean? Like Triple H ain't gonna bump around for him like Shawn Michaels would. <laughs> like, yeah. You know that's not his thing. Damn, Jericho's really bleeding on the shoulder there, or whatever. Yeah, Triple H's consistency with yeah, his and, and, and again, it's, it's I, I named the two guys untouched. I named Scott Steiner and Goldberg. Did, yeah, How many people had did. great matches against those guys? Nobody really. Exactly. So. That's why it's like, yeah, I could think of him, but it's not necessarily something I'd blame on Triple H. A lot of my favorite matches have Triple H in them. I always wish I could have saw, like... This is kind of brutal right here. Heel Triple H versus, like, good guy Ow. Brett. Oh, me too. Kidding that would have been so good. That would have been a, such a great feud. This is pretty uh, rough right here. Oh, so man. awkward to do, too. Like, look yeah. how Jericho takes that, like, how he executes it. He executes it as, as good as you can, but that's such an awkward fucking landing for him, too. 
And it looked good. He's bleeding a lot. Probably got nicked on the cage. And no, that was when he hit the post. Oh, it was the post? shoulder, yeah. Really? Must have been something pointing out. He probably just some sharp shit, or maybe he yeah. hit his shoulder so hard he split the skin. You never know. But, I mean, if you hit your shoulder that hard, it should come out of place. Yeah, that's ludicrous. Again, done perfectly. And look who's bleeding. Here we go, ladders. Black. Good spot. Triple H is like the fucking king of the hell in this hell, eh? Him and Taker. I think Taker a little more than Triple H. But if I'm not mistaken, Triple H probably has a better winning percentage, which I feel That's should what count I, I think Triple H won more. Undertaker's been in more. Oh, shit. Triple H is the king of the elimination table. He has the most. He wins has the most wins out of that, and you could argue he's the best Hell in a Cell performer of all time. But I, I would, Undertaker has the more classic ones. Triple H has great ones too. Yeah. Triple H's winning percentage is better. I remember the first one to beat Triple H in Hell in a Cell was Batista, and that was a big deal. That put Batista over huge. Yeah, you, you've heard how I feel about people who say Triple H married his way into the top no. because that's just Triple H is fucking great. Kiss matches, my balls, man. man. Triple H's top ten all time. Wow. Jeez. Everything he did, too. Like, everything looked good. He made everything look good. He's another one of those guys that... can. He's someone you can bet on all the time. He's one of the wrestlers that makes you argue with people like, it's scripted, not fake. Because look at Triple H. Yeah, man. He's, dude, he's gotten blood transfusions because of matches. Jeez. Oh. Hey, he's a tough motherfucker too, man. Like that, that dude's finished matches. Oh, oh my god. Damn. He's finished matches with like injuries that yeah, you shouldn't even be continuing. The last match he was in the Brothers of Destruction. Oh my god, this is so Torres Peck. Damn! Oh man, right in the rib. You can't that's not gonna not hurt. No matter where it lands. Yeah. She gets your elbow, that's gonna be hurting for a couple weeks. Fucking throw a ladder on top of him. Ow. Jericho was such a great heel. He was. He's such a good shithead heel. Not this shit that we see on AEW. No, on like when he was a shithead heel, this Jericho. Chicken shit guy. Yeah, just. This wizard Jericho, shit is Jericho, honestly, I, I would even argue. Damn. Doesn't get enough credit for his heel work. Even though he was a heel for, like, you know, a good... I mean, honestly, he's a heel for a good part of his career. One of the greatest Intercontinental Champions ever, too. He's held the most. Uh, with nine, and Miz is, like, right behind him. We give him. Jericho a lot of shit because of what he is now. What he's turned into, because... This Jericho that we're watching yeah, now. The Jericho we grew up on was one of the fucking best wrestlers of his time. Yeah. Not even up for debate. Top not, five, not, not at the very least. Having... Rave parties on cruises. It just looks ridiculous. It's just campy and, and stupid. At this point in his career, since he's sticking around. Like if this is what you're going to do, just don't I, even wrestle. I'd rather him go back to his gimmick oh. when he first reinvented himself with the short hair and the suit. You're older now. That's a gimmick that would fit you. This 56 year old rock star shit is like, I don't get it. It's reverting bro. back. Yeah, like you, you're showing your midlife crisis to everybody online. That's basically TV. how I take it. This is the midlife crisis game. Yeah, and, and you're letting everybody see yours live. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. solid shot. 
Yeah, it starts, uh, this is a physical match, and they're just getting started. Just getting started, if you've never seen this match. It sucks, I wish Triple H didn't have to retire, there was still so many matchups I wanted to see. At least a few, man, I wanted to see him, him and, and Owens. AJ Styles. Him and AJ, him and KO. Him um, and Cody would have been amazing at this point. Oh, what? I mean, now that we've realized it, it could have been possible, yeah. And you then, know, I, I always I never, wanted to see him and Samoa Joe, too. I thought that yeah, would have been really cool. I, I thought that would have been a good match. I never knew Triple H was Cody Rhodes' favorite wrestler. <laughs> I mean, when he says it, it makes sense. Now now that you look back at a lot of the shit he said about Triple H and how he felt, it's like, okay, I, I guess no. if Shawn Michaels treated me the way they treated him, I would feel some kind of way about chilling too yeah you know? so cody rhodes like it once once he said that and revealed that it's like it's it honestly makes a lot of sense that would have been dope yeah i, I think that's why we, they say don't meet your heroes triple h <laughs> and seth in a cell would have been dope like a real hell in a yeah. cell if triple h was able, able to have hell in a cell matches you know it's probably something he didn't want to have later on in his part-time career boom oh man nice spot drop toe hold steps yeah, man, there was so many matchups that Triple H could have still, you know, not even as a just a part timer, come back for the big four pay per views and have these banger matches with the younger guys. It's just mania. I, I wouldn't I have, have minded seeing that. Edge. I wouldn't have minded seeing Edge and Triple H at this point in their careers. Yeah, that would have been really cool. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I'm sure that, I know they had matches before, but I'm oh sure. Oh like, my god! That was a shot. This dude fucking launched a fastball in the form of a steel steps. <laughs> I don't care if that was at his shoulder. That could not. Yeah, have them been steps are still hard, man. <laughs> he fucking launched that shit. <laughs> that was awesome. Look at this. Damn. <laughs> you can hear the boom. God damn. Wow. Nice. Oh, and he hits the post. Keep it in the damn ring. Oh, you're going to wish they kept it in the ring. Foreshadowing. Tim White looks like he owns a bar. He does. That's what I'm saying. He looks yeah, like he owns a friendly one. tap. The that's bar the that they, they fucking destroyed. That's the one that the fucking APA used to kick everybody's ass in. It's also the one that Stone Cold was like contemplating life in during the invasion before he came yeah. back with a vengeance and fucked the entire And I'm sure it's the one where Shawn Michaels cut a promo with Stone Cold at one point when he was the commissioner. No, I don't think. Th I think that was in Texas. Was, I know what you're talking about. That was No, I think that was like in his home in Texas or whatever. But yo. I know what you're talking about. Though. Oh, right here! Boom! Oh, damn. Jeez! Oh, you can see he hit that shit hard. But he didn't have he, enough time to fucking he used react. To want them to fuck the bar up because Vince used to pay for it to get of done. Of course. Over. Why else would you want them to there, do that? There was shit. one where they did where um, you're bringing a lot of attention. Raw was being watched a lot at that time. Yeah. As long as you, Jesus Christ. But as long as you take care of you know expenses, shit. Yeah, there fuck was it one up. where it was the APA. And they were kicking some guy's ass. And a yo, few. Farouk really grabbed this dude by the shirt and gave him a shot to the. It was a real I, I shot remember. to the temple. I remember that. Yeah, no referee because he just fucking separated his shoulder. They got to show that again. Yes, they are right on cue. Jeez, oh, damn, he hit hard, dude. And it's I don't know if it's there on the landing. It might have been on the landing. It had to be one or the other because he didn't have enough time to like look. And not to mention the trooper that he is. Oh, or it could have been there too. Forgot about that. Fuck. Guess who else is blade? Who bladed? Wow. Jesus, Jericho. You see, 
People praise these referees. That's a referee right Damn there. Damn right. I didn't see him play it at all. He's taking bumps. I mean, bumps. The, ca- the, the camera also wasn't on. I know, but, but still, just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You wouldn't even think. Shit like this, you don't see refs doing this no more. Or not done right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't necessarily. Ref bumps now are just oh, corny. Like, puddle of He's blood. leaking, bro. Puddle. The ref understood. I'm, I'm, I'm a ref, but I'm a performer too. I gotta see, perform. And it's shit like this. It's like, yo, this enhances the danger. Beautiful spine buster, Arn Anderson. Um, this enhances the danger of the environment of the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, this, because the ref's not even safe. Yeah, like when Jim Ross, you know, describes how satanic, diabolical the Hell in a Cell is. This is what he means, and this brings you know what he says you know to life. Everybody's doing their part. I miss all the old school refs, bro. Yeah, I, I do. Too. Mike Kyoto, Tim White, Jack Doan, I believe. Uh, what's his name? Is there? Little Nature still even, there? Even Teddy Long. I remember when yeah, he was, I remember a, ref. When he was a, a SmackDown. Before he started bro. throwing Undertaker in fucking six man tags on SmackDown every Teddy week. Teddy Long was the man, bro. He was entertaining. Of course, he's in the Hall of Fame. He should be. When he used to come out and do that dance on the fucking stage. Yeah. Like, so, I don't funny. know if you caught that, but it looked like. Tim White was relaying something to I don't know if it was Kyoto or who one of the referees. Tell him to my shoulder's done. But you know what? Again, they're probably like, "Damn, you're making this look good." Yeah, because I'm fucked up, man. That that, <laughs> that that's a ref right there. He's you know oh, yeah. what? My shoulder's fucked, but I oh, still gotta shit. take this spot. Sledgehammer. The equalizer. Jericho hasn't bladed yet, huh? I know he does. It's coming oh, it's now. coming right it's here. Coming now. Look at this again. Wow. Right on cue. God damn! I think he bladed before that, so this way he can look. He, That's like how he the got, veterans did it. Right. Because look, Michaels you saw that. that. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe he's blading now. Because it looked like he already had a little bit of blood on him. And then he turned around, bam. Again, no Tim White because he separated his counting arm. This is good shit. Jericho's bleeding like a motherfucker. Damn. He looks really fucked up. I don't even know where that, where he cut himself. Shit. But yeah, hell in a cell, guys. Wham. Triple H and that sledgehammer. And the door is open. Here we fucking go. Or as Booker T would say, here we go. <laughs> oh. Booker T, I felt like, was like a modern day Randy Savage on commentary. Yeah. I guess he's. Oh, oh! Damn. That looked good. At least from that angle. Triple H's nose is so big, he probably could have done that with Triple H on the other side of the ring. His nose was the fucking butt of so many jokes. Look at that ramp. That's like one of the ramps that I gotta pull out at work. Really? That's how they are. You see the, the yeah. bottom of it? That's the Sharp shit that too. fucking tore my shoulder out, bro. Really? They're Damn. taking suplexes on this shit? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hell no would I ever want to be a wrestler. Fuck I work that. with them types of rings. I got too I'm much. Not, I don't even want to touch those. I got too much respect to even want to try to be a wrestler. <laughs> like, fuck that. Look at this. Shit's about to hit the fan. Hugo Savinovich, oh. my guy. The Spanish announced table. Remember when he took a chair shot from Hogan at WrestleMania 19? He bladed. He was leaking. Wow. The commentators. That's the shit yeah, I Yeah, that's, that's, that's... But I feel like in this day and age, it would just be done to death like everything else. So yeah, I, I don't even want to see it now. Because we'll see it every week. Tony Schiavone will have more fucking cuts in his head than Dusty Rhodes ever did. Yeah. 
There they go. Hugo Savinovich. Who's the other guy? He's like, what the fuck again? This is the thirty eighth pay per view in a row. No, it's crazy. I've watched wrestling in my grandmother's house where they spoke predominantly Spanish and they they had it to where they were talking. Nice. I've heard them talk about That's before. awesome. Bam! And they're Ooh. not bad commentators at all, bro. No. Like they, they make you feel the action as long as you understand Spanish. Pretty sure Jericho felt that fucking DDT, which looked That was great. nice. Nice DDT. This is this is when they didn't have airbags in the table. Thankfully the table gave. Wham. Damn. And there's well, no airbags solid. under them. Now they have airbags under the yeah. tables. Yeah, I know. But that's if they're falling from, like, a high, you know, platform. Yeah. Which, that I can understand, dude. Like, I say what I say about Shane McMahon, but, like, I don't want to see him fucking kill himself doing that. So I understand no. the airbag underneath that. That table spot on SmackDown was OD. fucking... With the Usos and... Yeah, that was That was dope. That's how you end the show on Friday. Yeah. Oh, shit. The Cactus Ooh. Jack special. Callback. The barbed wire two by four. Oh, I remember what happened to Jericho with this later on. That's Oof. Mick Foley's thing right there. It is, yeah. But Triple H can bust that bitch out because he's been split open by that plenty of times. Another guy that Mick Foley helped show his sadistic side. Oh, yeah. Triple, Triple H, H was made because of Mick Foley. Yeah. I will always say that, and Triple H will probably say that too. Triple H is placed as the great because to me, he's the greatest heel of all time. That's just my opinion. The greatest heel, at least of our life. I don't think many people would argue that, but... Mick Foley helped make him that because he let Triple H beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Big time. Look at this. I just love the sight of this, man. You know what I like? How that random 2x4 with barbed wire on it actually has a wrist strap so Triple yeah, H can climb yeah. up. Makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I love the sight. Oh, whack. Oh, across the back. Triple H selling like a motherfucker, too. Like he's supposed to. Love it. You don't get hit in the back with barbed wire. Oh, speaking of that, Sammy Guevara fell on barbed wire and then got up two seconds later. And springboarded this onto a ladder. This is sell barbed wire. <laughs> into the ladder he got pushed off of. Look, but just, still you know, like, selling. Dude, this, the sight of this is just... I, I can never get over that. Wow. Jeez. I get, I'll never get over Look how this fans. is looked, They're man. standing up watching this match. Yeah. And I'm sorry, man, whether you're afraid of heights or not, I'd be shitting the fucking brick if I'm having a match yeah, on top of Yeah, you never know cell, when, when something's going to give. Especially, I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, because this was four years removed from Mick Foley getting choke slammed through it, I'm pretty sure at that point they'd be like, all right, let's make sure that never you know, happens Imagine what Undertaker and Shawn Michaels felt like up there, the first two guys to go up yeah. there. And that one was giving. Yeah. Like when Shawn Michaels I'd was taking be, bumps, that shit was giving. Watch this. I'd still be afraid to fucking be up there taking bumps and shit. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Because what if I don't land in the ring? <laughs> Even landing in the ring is going to hurt. No, I know. But it's like, God forbid you land on the fucking post or on the outside or just awkwardly anyway. Like, nah, bro. So I would assume, damn, the ref, he's... See, look, Mike Kyoto with the Shaq song. He's saying a fucking Hail you Mary. You saw the Shaq logo on his sneaker? <laughs> yeah. He said, like, fucking five Hail Marys on the way up. You know what, though? The match could end up there. Well, I'm glad you said that, Mike. It does. <laughs> it's the first one to do it. Oh, 
don't know. I, I enjoyed the shit out of I this match. I haven't seen this match in a long time, but you see how I, I, I knew, like, the match could end up there, like... So I'm saying, like, I, I, that's why I enjoyed the hell out of this match. It doesn't get nearly enough credit. When you watch this shit long enough, it's... Look, this is good shit, though. The yeah, ref it, on top of it the It has cell. all the elements of, like, what an old Hell in a Cell match yeah, used to be. Yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, we'll never see this shit again. Not done right, at least. Look at this. Dick shot! Oh, right in the maters. <laughs> Fucking made a blast. Up. Talk about mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, this is a scary spot. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, I Triple H probably just like shit on the him, way down. He, he shit had, himself like, in relief. There's no way on the way down that his balls weren't in his stomach. Not knowing if that's gonna give or not. <laughs> Fuck that. They're probably up his throat. Yeah, I'm, I'm not taking that. Oh, oh got... I, I think I know what's coming here. This is brutal. Watch. Triple H with the fucking two-by-four. Watch, watch this. Whack! Oh, my God! It's stuck in his hair! He got caught in his fucking Damn. hair! Damn! I don't know about stuck in his head, but it was definitely stuck in his hair. He just fucking Aaron Judge. But, him. man, that looked brutal. He's kicking out of that. It's fucking resembled a Walking Dead episode, and he kicks out of that fucking shit. Fucking whacked the shit out of him. Triple H is like, no, that's the finish. What the fuck? Here it is. That wasn't scary enough. That back body drop. You want to talk about trust here? Yeah. What a sight. What a match. First Hell in a Cell match to end on top of the cell. Got the marble in there in the crowd, dude. <laughs> I smoked it in. Yeah, that was a hell of a match, man. Yeah, it was. I feel like that doesn't get nearly enough props. I feel like, you know, like, would you agree? Like, no. obviously, it's not... Michaels and Undertaker. It's not Mick, it's not Mankind and Undertaker or Cactus and Triple H. The six no, way. it's still good though. But this, this was, was fucking a good one. brutal, man. Like, and you never hear anybody like refer back to it. You know, obviously Triple H has like a dozen of these matches. This is Jericho's of Triple only. H, I got the terrorizing on. There this you for go. This special occasion. You, yep. Not that any of you can see that, but terrorizing shirt right here. You know. Triple H, man, he's, he's the most consistent wrestler of this generation. With you, you could say that that match was one of them. His his matches is just always good, with the exception of those two that you mentioned that I didn't even think about. Look, this right here, you wouldn't have thought because Judgment Day was a B pay per view, yeah, by all means at the time. And look at what he did there. This this match is not one they remember. Yeah, look at his back. Shit. Yeah. You see his back? Those are from those fucking shots with Bob the... Wire. Oof. That's God, how you're damn, supposed to I never look. noticed that before. Wow. Yeah, those are showing. But yeah, I was about to say, you can say that this match was terrorizing. Good one. See what I did there? Jericho, shit face and all. Now they gotta climb down after all that. Damn. Yeah, man, everybody's on their fucking feet. Now, granted, it might have to do with them being on top of the cage, but still, like, that's, like, this is what Hell in a Cell was for, like, its first, like, nearly 10 years. 
I would say, like almost 10 This years. is what it was supposed to be all the time. Yeah. The culmination of a feud. Yeah. I mean, we didn't want to see people get thrown off all the time, but something no, along but, the but lines of climbing the like cage, this. somehow escaping, no one being safe, whether you're a ref, a cameraman, anything like that. And as we say that, Kurt Angle's running from his haircut. Kurt Angle is fucking but great, though. We'll stop it right here. Oh, unless you want to keep watching this. Go from hell to cell to this fucking ridiculousness. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> Stop there. Judgment Day 2002, guys. Like I said, oh, man, besides on. that Hell in a Cell match, the entire pay per view is definitely a treat. It's a great card. I would recommend going back and watching that entire show because just for that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's like I said, it's a loaded fucking card, especially for a B pay per view, like you said. Like, yeah. it could have easily been a big four, and you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Um, but yeah, guys, that's our watch along: Chris Jericho, Triple H, Hell in a Cell, 2002, Judgment Day. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed Hell in a Cell. Hope you enjoyed our episode. And I also hope you follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Any last thoughts, Mike? No. Time to put us over. All right. <laughs> Fucking beatbox bravo over here. Yeah. Hi. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll catch you later from Mikey Bravo. It's Lex James. Out. 